Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Robin Boyd, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio. And we are going to be talking with Coach Zach Vassar today, and we're going to talk about being present with your kids. Now, Rob, you had your own kids. You also were a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, You work with the Girl Scouts for how many years now? Uh, 30-some-odd, not counting my girl years. So, yeah, 30-some-odd years. So you've spent a few few hours with kids, as a have few I. hours with kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was the concept of being present, and you know, I want to just put a shout out to all the moms out there and the dads listening. I know it's hard to not multitask every minute of the day because I know I, I'm 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 the first one that has to be to be mindful and be present. And this show is as much a reminder for me as it is for everybody else talking. Cause I really do mean well guys, but I do get caught up and there's times I'm I'm on my phone at soccer practice, you know, confirming guests or 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 doing whatever. Rob, you've heard me at baseball games, soccer games. Oh, I know. I mean, I don't think we can take a bath without having some kind of interruption. That's part of being a mom and and being business owners and 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 whatnot. But I think this is where being mindful, as you say, is almost mindful of your of yourself so that you in turn are remembering that this little person is developing habits, developing uh, traits, developing a lot of things in their their uh, formative years that they are learning from you. So I, I think having that, in your mind that, okay, that's, it's not that it should be a burden. It should be a part of how you're remembering to be inclusive. And I think that's the turn. It's not that we have to sort of think of this as one more thing to do. It's a, it's a matter of, we need to be more inclusive so what we're doing is including our children's lives development and those very impressionable years. Well, and here's one of the things that happened to me recently, Rob, and then we're going to bring on Coach Vassar and ask another, you know, get another voice in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was walking through my living room and like I tripped over like a football and then, you know, Zachary left his headphones around and then Max's computer was was laying there. And I was like, I just about lost my mind. And my dad looked at me. My dad's 83 and lives with me. And he said, you know, Stan, I remember one time when you were little and your brothers and sisters left all your bikes in the driveway. And he's like, I have a long driveway and I could not maneuver my car in because there was a bike everywhere. There was a bike, there was a skateboard, there was, you know, a, just he couldn't get his car in. And he was so mad and he came into my mom and my mom said to him many years ago, you know, someday you're going to miss all this. And then he looked at me and he said, someday you're going to miss all this right after I stepped on a Lego, which, you know, yeah. is just <laughs> not, not fun. 
<laughs> but he's right. And I looked at my phone the other night. I have Dropbox. I have all my pictures backed up on my phone. And there is so much I've forgotten already. And my kids are only know. 8 and 12. And if I'm how not- many times have, how many times have I said that to you, San? I mean, my kids are in their thirties, and oh gosh, I'd give anything to have a little one need a story read and sit on my lap. Yeah, I mean, and it's like if I'm forgetting it now, mm-hmm. what hope is there for me, like years from now? But I think being mindful is is a big deal. So I want to bring on Coach Vassar. Hey, Zach. So so talk to us about mindfulness. What do you see from your end of the uh, end of the woods? Well, I love listening to y'all talk about y'all's perspective. I've got a four, or actually she just turned five in March, and a nine-year-old who will be 10 in June, both girls. And, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a a such a huge believer in being present and, and what you guys are saying. And, and I so fall into this category of being caught up into too many things, all right? You know, so like whether it's a cell phone or social media or closing out something with work or just whatever, we get stuck in these routines. And I just think back at being a kid when those things weren't around, you know, my dad worked a lot. My mom was at home, but the influence that they had on me, not even realizing it, uh, looking back on it, it's such a big thing. And I'm really involved in a lot of things with kids, like whether it's sports or uh, at the school, you know, and I see, I get to see, um, with my own eyeballs, what that is like and what, what it looks like when the parents are then no longer around. Like, so being a coach, a high school football coach here in Texas for 10 years and working with young men who their whole life have been shaped by these sort of things we're talking about and how much that kids, no matter what age, even, even us, we've got like a childlike thing inside of us that we just desire for somebody to watch us do something or to hear what we have to say. Or, you know, you know, we talk about these kids wanting to read books. My little girls want to crawl. Like they don't, my little daughter doesn't just want me to read a book. She likes to like crawl inside of the book. You know what I mean? Like get in it. (laughs) And uh, I think sometimes we're that way too, though, even as adults, because we want to be heard and we're shaping that in their, in their lives at such a young age um, to have those voices and to, and to be, uh, you know, who they're created to be. And so I I got a whole lot of thoughts on this, um, but man, none of it's easy. And I catch myself uh, all the time, um, Feeling like you're you're doing it halfway okay, but not as good as you can. If that makes sense, mm, it does. Do you have a non? Uh, do you have times during the week where it's it's no technology or or limited technology? Do you find being regimented like that helps, or is it more? Is it harder to try to fit in? Mm-hmm. I, I think anytime you can do something that requires discipline, it can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a coach, well, you know, I use this word coach thing. So I coached high school football for 10 years and everything was on a schedule, you know, for this. And it, and it comes down to the second, you know, you're maximizing your time. Well, now we still coach. We're doing a different way. We work from home and, and that practice time from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. is whenever we say that's family time. Mm-hmm. Now, if we if we were a hundred percent of the time on that, we'd have a different result. So we're constantly working on that. It's things we got to get better at. But uh, I, I believe that when you can schedule that in there, um, there's no perfect days where that's always going to be a routine. But if I were to paint a picture of what a perfect day would look like, it would have that time in there. I mean, we'll, and let's face it, we'll we'll, we'll slate times on a calendar um, for something we have to get done at work or a task that we have to get. Uh, turned in on time or whatever. And it's because there is going to be something in return for us. Like say you're getting paid. Well, Mm -hmm. I think that when we take the perspective of 
what kind of payment comes into the legacy of our kids and their future and compare that up to our jobs we put so much time and effort into, we realize we're, we're missing this a little bit. You know, I think when I say we, I think all parents listening could agree this is a great place to get better at. I think one of the reason kind of why I was bringing that up, I think if we have, say, a time every day okay, at three o'clock, this is going to be either our our reading time or help with homework time or whatever. But yet maybe there's a day that we're waiting for that client to return that contract and we know that it's got to be done. And sure enough, you know, they're going to call right at our our kid time at our, our homework time. Yeah, every time. I almost, yeah. I almost think then if we have to say, Oh, I know this is our time, but I have to interrupt you. I almost want to say that that is, um, more detrimental than if we say, okay, today mom's got this, this, and this, but, uh, what time is good for you and let the child maybe have some say in when they want that time. And maybe each day is, or each, it may even be a week. Of course, every family's different, but that disappointment isn't there. I guess if you change the, the time that we're going to be together, uh, it doesn't matter when, as long as we are. And as long as you're not disappointing the children to be able to say, oh, well, today I can't, even though we promised I can't. I know with my daughter, that was one of the things, if I promised something, she was going to hold me to that letter. <laughs> Every time. Yes. And that's why I'm saying I... I know that we need to find this time for them, but it may have to vary, and that's okay, isn't it? I think so. Um, you know, it's, that's such a good point, too. And I, I think, too, this comes in your in your life. I, um, here's what I mean, twofold. Number one, I, I run into the same thing with my oldest daughter. Like, she'll call me out in a New York second if I've made a promise. So I've got to do a good job of what I say. And some of that's just being present and knowing what's going on in my life. Like I can't get too many plates that I'm spinning that I can't look her in the eyes and and be honest with some time in that. And I do think they respect that. And if they don't understand it at a young age, they're going to figure that out as they grow up and start understanding time. But then there's also the people that you're working with. And I, I, I respect the grown man or woman, the, the, the mom or dad who tell me um, their time, the, they're free. You know, versus always being free. And it's like in the in the business world that I'm involved in, you know, we try to do a real good job up front letting people know that our family is number one. And so yeah. that way there's a there's a two way respect. Um, it's not always perfect, but again, painting that picture of what that would look like. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. that you're on, you know, just I mean, you just think like you, anytime you've run across somebody and they tell you about that with their time you all, and, and then they leave. How impressionable is that on that person? Oh, oh, yes. And it is a juggling act. I mean, we do have to perform at work. We do have to be on top of or, or else if we don't stay on top of work, it's going to uh, we're not going to have a job and we won't be able to provide for our family. <laughs> yeah. But yet we do have to be honest with our kids. And, and uh, I think that's such a balancing act, but it's doable. And I think we being honest with our kids is where it starts. Um, I, I found that early on and it really made a difference. Today, we're talking with Zach Vassar. We 
do need to go for a break, Zach. But on the other side, we've got lots more information uh, about how to be present with our kids. How do we stay uh, keeping our kids uh, aware, keeping us aware of what our kids are doing? And how do we uh, create that bond and uh, be be more mindful of what our children need, and therefore um, we can have a wonderful relationship with our kids. We'll be back in a minute on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. heard about Mel and Joy Schwanke, a Nebraska couple that have worn matching outfits for the last 35 years? Apparently, they have over 140 matching outfits, all custom-made, which typically match her dress with his tie. The couple is a match made in heaven. Neither one of them can remember the exact date they started this quirky tradition, but they both contend it's one of the elements that have held their marriage together an impressive 65 years. What do you call a marriage between well-matched people? No Macamosis. Mr. and Mrs. Schwanky say that Velcro connects them because they do everything together. If you like doting on your wife with excessive fondness, you would be uxorious. And a woman who is excessively devoted to her husband is Maritorious. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are talking today about being present with our kids. And yeah, 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 I know it's like another thing to do, but it's really not. It's actually less things to do if you structure this properly. And one of the things that I had to do early on was to really um, to really hit home hard the idea of family time and setting some boundaries, especially with my kids and their friends and us and really when they get into the teen years and one of the things that happened recently is max my older son had his 13th birthday and it's in the middle of july and we had a nice uh nice warm sunny day and i've got a big pool and i've got two acres and a playground and basketball court you could not ask for more for these kids to have for a birthday party and they all sat around my picnic table in the shade because they couldn't see their phones and there was like 10 little boys or 10 teenagers, if you will, all glued to their phones and they weren't talking to each other. They were texting each other. And 
I went out with a basket and I said, give me all your phones. I said, you know, I'm not, this is a birthday party and give me your phones. And so they threw all their phones in the basket and went to swim and, and throw the baseball around and shoot some baskets. Everything boys are supposed to be doing, especially during a birthday party. But one of the moms called me all upset because she couldn't reach her son. And I said to her, look, you know, you have my number. You can call me. And she's like, well, I need to be able to reach my son at every minute. Now, there was nothing, you know, nobody was going in for brain surgery. Nobody had had a heart attack and we have to reach our son during the hour and a half birthday party. Um, and so I just said to her, look, you can reach me on my phone. And I took all the kids cell phones away because they need to be interacting. And quite frankly, this is a birthday party. Now, to be fair, that mom and I are not friends anymore because I set those boundaries. But at some point, We've got to draw the limit on this stuff because our kids are not interacting and texting is a form of interaction, but it's not, it's not full communication. Uh, Coach Vassar, what do you see on your end? Oh, if I would have walked into that party and you'd have told me that I would have high-fived you from, you know, two acres away. I think that's fantastic. And you just piggybacking on some of that, with these kids and even us as adults, I mean, you, there's no relationship that's ever going to be built through your thumbs. I mean, it's only going to happen through eyeball to eyeball, voice to voice, uh, heart to heart, real true relationships. You know, there's no other way to get to honesty or trust or anything that has any value in it whatsoever. Um, when you can, when you can communicate through your own filter, which is what you do in texting. You know, I read what you sent me. And it's through what, how I read it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, what, what better thing for, for you to do as a mom? Like, such a great story and a testimony of that. <laughs> it did not make me very popular the first couple minutes. But <laughs> hey, I, I, heard a, I heard a great coach say, you can be popular or you can be a leader, but it's hard to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, what do you see on your end? What do you see with the Girl Scouts? Do they do they kick phones out at the meeting? Like, what do they do? I think uh, I'm not in a lot of the meetings, but I do see uh, here what a lot of the leaders do because there are activities. So many times they're usually very hands on activities. Um, There are a lot of times when they have to put their phones down and um, they're they're not online. But I think what we try very hard, at least in our organization, and I think many of the other youth organizations do the same, is they're talking about communication um, in many ways. So if a troop is going to be doing a service project, they need to develop that service project. They need to discuss it. They need to get ideas. They brainstorm. And I think the art of brainstorming is something that uh, is falling by the wayside. And in any team effort, people are going to have to communicate and they're going to have to brainstorm in order to have a mission and to be able to accomplish it. So I'm hoping that some of the youth organizations are realizing that that form of roundtable discussion really is something that um, is going to benefit kids in the long run. The other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is communicating one-on-one with our kids. I think it's really hard to... uh, sort of get a conversation going because if you ask a yes or no question, you're going to get, yep, nope, 
and that's all you're going to get out of them. But if you ask a question that's going to require a little more of an answer, um, you know, those are the the icebreakers, I guess you could say, uh, that I have found that that make a difference. What do you think, Zach? Oh, yeah. So last week, this is such a great topic, by the way. I hope people are really leaning in because there's so much value. I mean, really and truly, we're talking about next generation stuff here. And, you know, this is something that I desire to not just hit the target, but hit the bullseye, you know, and just, just aim for the bullseye. And so these two daughters of mine, I started a thing about a week and a half ago where we go on the front porch, which is totally uncommon where we live. Most people trap themselves in the backyard, fenced in, you know, nobody can see you. Well, we're on the front porch, and I take each one of them out in these two chairs we have for 20 minutes. No phones, no distractions, nothing. And the first day, it was like – it was almost like we didn't know what to do with our hands, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but but I'm going to tell you what, by, by, you know, Monday, Tuesday, by the time Thursday rolled around, the conversations that I was having with my five-year-old was somewhat like the conversation we're having right here. Now, granted, it was from her perspective. And if you've ever met my daughter, you <laughs> – but, you know, I mean, the, the value in that, by just simply removing the distraction. It's not saying that technology is a bad thing or phones are bad. Like there's some of the best things in the world that happen in our life happen through that little device. But just owning it instead of letting it own you allows for so much room to really hit that bullseye I'm finding out. So, I, I mean, I just really am a believer in in spending that time. And we're talking 40 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, you know, just a very small, but, but to them, you know, being consistent in that, I'm telling you by the end of the week, I, I just watch them like these two little girls they are like little flowers and, and they're just, but, you know, by Thursday they've bloomed and I can just, you know, only anticipate what a month or two or three months down the road will look like as long as I, as long as I keep being disciplined in that. Well, and that's the one thing, Zach, that, you know, I want to weigh in on, you know, it's like, I have. I have one kid who loves to sit down and tell me all his problems and tell me what's going on. He's a really good communicator and he doesn't want any distractions. No, he doesn't want any noise, anything. Then I got my other kid who has a harder time with that. But if we like, we do these things called fireside chats in our house, you know, in the winter we have the fireplace going, but in the summer we'll make fires and we might cook a hot dog or cook marshmallows or just watch the fire out by the pool. And if there's something gently distracting for my one son, he's better than the intensity of the one-on-one. And, you know, I don't know, You know, every kid is different. And, you know, my one son, we've been doing these fireside chats for both kids for like 10 years now. I mean, we, we, we just kind of sit together to do those. But my little one can't seem to have that kind of intense conversation unless he's poking at the embers or poking at something. So not that I'm advocating bringing a, you know, a cell phone into the mix, but Sometimes these talks are real hard for some kids. For other kids, they're easy peasy. And I just wanted to introduce into that, you know, this is where I think fishing came in in my family. You know, the boys would go fishing. My grandfather would take my father fishing. They could be doing something else, but it was gentle. You know, gentle fishing is is pretty gentle. You know, you sit on the lake and you're waiting for the fish to bite. Great time to talk. 
do you find um, that that that's something that like throwing a ball, like when you coach um, sports, do you find it's easier to talk to some kids while you're throwing a ball back and forth? I'm I'm just curious. I can't imagine my one kid's the only one in the universe like this. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, and everyone's different, and I think that's where there's so much learning that can be done on both sides. So like you know, take kids, high school kids, junior high kids. No doubt about it. Um, you can bring something in there to make it fun. I think it's about that. And at the end of the day, you know, whenever that time's over, was it fun? Was it not? And, you know, there's a time and place for every little thing. But what? But going back to the, my daughters, and, and this is something I think a parent could take away right now, is, you know, you found out that fishing was that thing or that whatever it was that, that brought into that, that life. It, it can start out with something so simple. So here, here's what I've learned. I love, I love the whole love language concept. Most everyone's familiar with those things. Well, one one of my daughters is a physical touch and one of them is a quality time. So while I'm outside, if I put the physical touch in my lap, perfect. The quality time, we just need to face the chairs where we're facing each other and, and problem solve. The one that's a, a physical touch is also a fireball. So as, if she gets up out of the chair and she's running around, I'll let her do it. You know, I mean, hands off. This isn't about going outside and then me putting the uh, the handcuffs on you. It's more with with my fireball. I put her in a seat side by side, and we look. Either she sits in my lap, or she looks out, just like I'm looking out. So we're side by side, if that makes sense, like two chairs. And then the quality time, we're facing each other. And that little bitty tweak right there is made all the difference. Now, I think eventually it'll get into more of what you're talking about. But just learning your kids, right? I mean, they're amazing. They're they're awesome. These little – their brains are incredible. They want, they want a lot. They want to tell you a lot and talk about, and they want to hear from you. And just getting to learn them, it's a process. But if you'll start with the simplest little things, I, I think every single kid all the way across the world has, has got a little bit of different wiring. I love it. Communication, it's always difficult, even with adults. So sometimes I think we get a little intimidated to know, all right, we have to sort of not ramp down, but uh, remember a child's perspective because they're going to be sharing something with you. And before you put that uh, adult spin on it by listening to what that child is saying to you and then understanding that they might be feeling you out for an opinion (laughs) in a back-ended way way. Um, So it really sometimes is kind of hard. I kind of want to bring this up. We're coming right to a break, so I'm watching the countdown here. But I think so many times it's they will say something and they're waiting for you to react. And my first response would always be, well, what do you think? And how do you think it should be? Or what do you think should be the outcome or, or, or whatever? And at least letting them voice their opinion and acknowledging it, not just saying, oh, well, I don't know about that. You can't do that. You really do have to acknowledge what they have just said to you uh, and not not make it sound like a put down, but help them realize that uh, they can project, they can foresee, they can anticipate. um, And that is going to be so valuable to them for the rest of their lives. We're here today with coach Zach Vassar. We want you to stay put because we've got lots more to chat with Zach about talking about uh, being present for your kids. Don't go away. We're going to be right back here on military mom talk radio. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelove live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and Zach Vassar, and we are talking about being mindful, and we're going to get into the concept of leading your kid to understanding or leading your kid to a greater understanding versus just telling them. I know at the end of my work day, when I take off my work hat and put on my mom hat, it's very hard for me to shift gears, and working in the military and firearms industry for so many years, I can tend to bark out commands like a drill sergeant <laughs> and it's just it's it's a really hard juggle to know when to give your kid the answer and when to like take a minute and even though you're tired even though you've listened to clients complain all day you got to give your kid that time but but having that balance that's where I struggle as a parent because I am tired and I am not at my best. And yet I know that I got to lead my kid through this understanding. And sure enough, it's that time that the dog throws up and my other kid comes in and says, you know what, I've got a presentation due tomorrow and I need a four by four cardboard board for my presentation. And I look at him going, we live in the country. We're 20 minutes away from any store and we're going to get that. How? So what do we do? We're going to go to Zach Vassar. How do you, how do you find that balance? Man, uh, I just got a visual of like a seesaw, and on one side there's understanding, and on the other side there's telling, and you go up and down and up and down. I think just sitting here hearing you talk through that, when you when I'm when I'm telling my child something or or anybody something, I think you just got to make sure you always give the why. 
you know, you're going to give them the what, but if they, if they get the why you're saying that is what it is. Um, I think that's what they can digest and chew on because ultimately we're wanting to create, uh, you know, we're not really wanting to great create good kids. We want to create great adults and a great adult is going to be someone that can think for themselves. So as young as they can start talking, you know, that we're starting that and, you know, just hanging on to that why. So whether you're, you, you find yourself where your kid's doing all the talking and, and they're, they're learning through and thinking through and beginning to understand, or you're telling them a lot of things. And this is why this is happening. And you're that kind of that commander or that chief or that head coach, you know, I find myself on that side probably more than the other, um, is always telling why, but then also being good at le- learning some great questions, simple questions, like you said, Sandra, and they're just, um, empowering those kids to get off that positional leadership uh, block and get up to where they start really looking at the same thing you're looking at. There again, the conversations are important. And I think listening, even if it's minimally, <laughs> Sandra, even if we're, we, we, our minds are still thinking about, okay, did we finish that report? Did we, did we submit? Did I remember to, to close the, the deal or whatever it is? Um, we do have to listen to the kids and um, listening to what they have to say in their own language uh, is is important. And I think giving them that freedom to communicate, because there's going to come a time when they're not going to want to even be in the same room with you, let alone communicate with you. Um, they go, You go through those teen years, uh, you're going to definitely have that difficulty. I can remember driving my kids to high school. There was a bus and it was um, we had to pay for the bus if we needed it, and it wasn't a matter of the money. I wanted to drive the kids to school, and there were days that we didn't say anything in the car the whole time we left the house until I dropped them off. But somehow, just knowing we were together, we would say "I love you" as they as they walked out the door, and if I had to drop them off a block away because that's what they wanted. But the point was, is we were together, and then there were some mornings that conversation did happen. The car is a wonderful opportunity. I have to say, even with cell phones, I mean, you can't talk and drive at the same time. So you're going to talk to your children. See, I always felt cornered. I like, you know, I knew I was trapped and probably because mm-hmm. I was always in trouble growing up. But mm-hmm. then you know, that car thing, like I'd be like, oh, crap, I can't get out of the car. And here comes the big lecture. You know, <laughs> it, you know well, that's it, it, that's the difference, though, I think as parents. We have to leave that door open. So it isn't a time for a lecture. That should be a time for an opportunity to talk. I just dropped something, so I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's, you know, it's like it's like the seesaw that Zach was mm. talking about because one of the things I'm going to share with everybody, and this is like the on the plus side of the cell phone, when you're raising teens and they're going through their, like, latest hormonal cocktail, they will go in their room and not want to be bothered, not answer the door, and that's a great time when you can, you know, wait a few minutes and text and say, you know, dinner's still at 6.50. You know, you don't have to get into like combat mode or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I found that sometimes when my kids are really mad at me for something, um, you know, because I said no and, and they're struggling with, you know, peer pressure and things like that. When they're ready to talk, like sometimes I'll be in the bathroom or I'll be in the other part of the house and I'll get this little text that'll just be like mom with a question mark. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I know it's my time to go up and knock on their door. So, you know, the, the, the cell phones aren't all bad and there's a good use of, um, of being able to communicate with someone in a, especially in a high conflict situation. Um, I've often said to my kids via text after we've had a heated argument and I go to the gym and they go upstairs to do their homework. Um, and instead of going like, we'll talk about this when you get back, I can text them and go, are you ready to talk to me yet? Are you ready to talk about this yet? Cause I recognize, you know, these kids are marinating in hormones, their bodies are changing. And, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure today that I don't, feel that I had grown up. I grew up in the sticks. We had three television channels. How much influence is there if mom and dad don't bring home magazines or TV? Um, you know, we were running around the cornfields. And and so having, you know, kids have access to the internet and then talk about their rights and, you know, gets a little bit much, but that's where technology can actually help a parent, I think. Mm. Zach, what do you think about uh, when you've just had something that's rather volatile with a kid? How how do we get back on track? You know, I, I, I'll speak on this from really from a coaching perspective because my kids are, f- are five and nine, and I'm sitting here listening and thinking, you know, mine don't have cell phones yet, so I can't implement this text yet thing. <laughs> but I love it because it, it creates some patience, you know, because I'm one of those people who – I'm such an activator, and I, if there's a problem, I want to solve it right now. I don't want to wait another day and let it st- build and grow. Like, let's get it fixed. And sometimes for people, that doesn't work. Like, some a lot of people have to process my wife, for example. But in the, the kids I coach, the high school kids, the typical kid, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think it's 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 about humility. You know, from the from our perspective, from the leader, the dad, the mom, the parent, whoever's in charge, the coach, the business leader, uh, you can't always be right. It's not always about you, and you can't always be right. And when you've had something that's volatile, or or there's there's been a disagreement or something, you got to think to yourself, you know, what's our mission here, and what 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 do we want to really be? And if we're really going to get there, we're not going to get there through pride. So, you know, falling on the sword um, and having that, there's timing for it. I'm not saying live an apologetic life or anything like that. There's right and right and wrong and wrong. But I can think back on times where I've had a player of mine that was a high-level player, and I was able to sit there and, and look him in the eyes and say, hey, you know, coach wasn't right. I was wrong there. And the respect and the trust that is grown in that um, makes those victories so much sweeter when you do get the championship. Because those those things like there you think back on, you know, hey, that's what we overcame. Because it's not about what happens to us. It's about how we respond. And those are always moments to, to hit those nails on the head. So um, I, I just have to go with humility on all that. It just made me think of uh, one other topic, Zach, and I think so many times we're trying to be friends with our kids instead of parents. How can we be compassionate parents but yet not um, still have the authority and still have that guidance element? I know so many times parents just want to be their kids' friends, and that may not be the best, um, best thing for our children. And I hope I figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, because that is uh, that's a that's a question of the hour. I think um, I don't have the answer, but I do believe that there's a slippery slope there. And I really think probably it comes back to understanding what a parent even is, and and you know to each his own and their faith and belief and those sort of things. But I I would say if you don't have it on paper, 
I'd get a pen and say, okay, I, you know, me and my spouse or myself, me in the mirror, I got to figure out what, what, what I want here out of this relationship as a parent and set the standard. And whatever that standard is, the standard is that you set, don't ever drop the bar. And, you know, it's, it is, and I, I believe in what you're trying to ask there. We probably have the same belief in that. I, I'm not, I'm not here and designed and wired to be my daughter's best buddy. You know, I'm here to be an example for what I hope that she would look for when she is looking for a mate later on in life. And I've only got one chance to set that example. And so in, in that, I don't want her looking for a buddy or a friend. And so I don't want to emulate that. And so that's that's my view on that. Um, man, it's it's not easy, though. You know, I, when I grew up, I had a mom, my dad was gone a lot. And my mom was there. Uh, great parents. Uh, my mom, you know, she was an amazing mother. But she she was a friend to me and a lot of my friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I wouldn't trade any of that. We, we have a great relationship today. But just the conversation she and I have had about growing up, you know, that there were certainly some times where she probably could have put me in my place and said, no, no, you don't. And uh, might have probably been better for me. Well, I just want to jump in. I know we got two minutes to break, but I've had these discussions with my kids because there's a difference between being your kid's friend and being your kid's peer. Like I can still be their friend. I can be friendly to them because my job is to prepare them, to teach them, to love them, to grow them up. We don't like, you know, um, there's a great thing. um, God, I can't think of her name right now. She says, you know, your kids don't have to love you, but they don't have to hate you either. You know, there's that fine line in there. I can be my kid's friend, but I'm not their peer. And a peer is somebody that that is on the same level as them. I'm not on the same level as my kid. I'm 25 years older than my kids. And with mm-hmm. that comes wisdom and respect. And I think if you set those ground rules of what is your job, for me, it's to prepare them, teach them, love them, and grow them up. And I can be their friend, but I'm never going to be their peer. Mm. Very true. Very true. And I think that that is the difference. And it is not easy because certainly we want them to confide in us if they've got a concern. We want them to be able to come to us instead of the uh, kid next door who might whose values may not be the same. Uh, It is so difficult. And I think every generation has had those challenges. Zach Vassar, we're here with uh, you today and we're gleaning every ounce of of advice we can from you because we we know we've only got one shot at this this is the only time we're going to have these kids and when they're grown up they're grown up so uh thank you for helping us plow through this we've got a break coming up and on the other side we're going to continue our conversation with zach vassar check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on twitter and facebook Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23-59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. 
Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. some fun facts about noses and ears I'll bet you didn't know. Did you know your ears secrete more earwax when you're afraid than when you aren't? And generally, people with asthma have better hearing than those who don't. Now, here's a word for you. When someone gets their ears pierced, they're actually piercing their pinna. The pinna is the fleshy part of the earlobe. Did you know it's possible to sneeze so hard you can break a rib? That happened to my husband's secretary once. And according to research, you'll blow your nose 250 times this year. Scientists have also determined that the smell in your right nostril is more pleasant, while the smell in your left nostril is more accurate. By the way, twice as many men as women can wiggle their ears. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, Robin Boyd, and Zach Vassar, and we're talking about the difficulties in raising kids and the challenges, especially for the military family with deployments, with moves, with all these things that really strain at the very best of the military family. One of the things that I found is, um, and I've taken in deployment kids. I've taken in kids, you know, who's who've wanted to stay in this area um, as their parents have shifted. And I took care of a little boy a couple of years ago for four months uh, when his dad was deployed and his mom was severely injured overseas. So I know a little bit about the juggling that families do. Um, but one of the things that, and I'm going to bring up this topic because it's, it's not a popular topic, but it does exist. Um, there are parents that I truly believe do not like their kids. And the biggest problem is they've never gotten to know their kid on their terms. You know, not every kid is going to relate to you because you're like, like coach Vassar is into sports. Now I love sports, but I've got two kids that really could care less about sports they like minecraft they like their legos the other one likes his fantasy books his role-playing games even if it's just with with dyson and some little you know characters not my interest at all guys but um liking your kids is also about spending time with them and getting to know them for who they are as individuals one of the kids that spent quite a bit of time with me I don't think his parents know how great he is because they don't talk to him. They don't spend time with him. And when you shut off the electronic devices, when you remove everything like that and you meet your kid where he or she is at whatever interest they're in, it's really like magic. I mean, these kids, you know, Zach talked about his kids unfolding like flowers. 
I can tell you, I can get a teenage boy to unfold like a flower. If I can figure out what he's interested in and meet him at that level, that creates a whole different ballgame because your kids are not supposed to be like you. There's no guarantee when they pop out, they're going to love the things you love. So as the parent, as the adult, I'm going to get on my soapbox here and say, it is your job to meet your child at his or her level and at his or her interest if you want to like your kid and if you want to have a strong relationship. You guys want to weigh in? We'll go to Coach Vassar. I totally agree. I've got a great friend of mine that's a mentor, like I'd call him a life mentor. He's got four kids. They're all different ages, boys, girls. And we had this conversation not too long ago about how one of them loves to shop, and one of them loves to fish, and one of them loves to do this and that. And, you know, he, he's really um, grown. And what I mean by that is we, we put on this idea that our kids are going to do everything we tell them to do, and they're going to understand everything that we, we want them to understand the way we understand it and, and all of those things. And there there's some truth in that. Like I think about this funnel, everything that comes into me funnels into my kids good or bad. So everything I do shapes them. So some of it's like the mirror test. You know, I'm sometimes a kid, I aggravate you or do something. And a lot of times it, they're doing exactly what you've taught them to do. <laughs> like, so, so it's like, you might as well get mad at yourself. But, um, but there is that as they're growing, I'm learning this, my kids are you know young, they're five and nine and I'm learning that, well, they're just a lot different. And I can take my nine-year-old to the movies and all is well. We're my little one. We've got to be active. And, you know, I think that learning your kids, you'll, you'll never figure that out without what you said, and that's time. And I think time is just another fancy way to spell the word love. And over time, you'll, you'll figure that out. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm – not, we haven't arrived. I'm figuring it out. And, you know, it's not easy. And that whole do you like your kids, man, I, I love them. Sometimes, you know, you think, Really? <laughs> like, are, are you kidding right now? And, and you know, and, and you know, we're, we're, there's so many different spins on this at home or in public or here or there or whatever. And, you know, my biggest advice would be just don't ever size yourself up to what you see in the world. I mean, don't ever let the world's perspective be the definition of what you're growing in a relationship with your own child. I mean, that, in fact, with all the things that you see, you could almost just go the opposite direction. You'd be in pretty good shape. Well, and that's where I'm going to give permission. You know, Rob has always given me permission to not have the most perfectly clean house because, you know, as a single mom with two kids and an 80-year-old dad to take care of, um, it's a lot some days. And so if the laundry doesn't get done or the laundry, they live out of the laundry baskets for a week or two or three or four, um, that's okay. But we look at the images that were shown on TV and, you know, I've had to really disconnect from a lot of media in order to not lose my mind. You know, I go on Facebook and I see all these happy, complete families and they're <laughs> doing all these great things. And, and, you know, sometimes I get a little, you know, witchy cause I'm like, you know, nothing is this perfect. You know, very few people show things on the internet that are, are what I call authentic. And one of the things that I cannot even say this without laughing out loud is, Zach, you did one of your minutes where your daughter slips off your knee and falls on the floor. <laughs> now, she was fine. Yeah. This was one of the funniest darn things I've seen, and it was so real and so normal and so natural. And your face and her face, and she just pops up, you know, like this little daisy, like, I'm here. 
And everybody was fine. So, you know, it wasn't that kind of thing. But you aired that. You allowed that to go out. You allowed them to see you put your daughter on your lap. And I don't know what you were doing. You were moving around on something and she popped right off your knee. <laughs> yeah, I call social media the highlight reel. You know, as a coach, we take these seasons. You can be five and five in a season and miss the playoffs, but somehow you have an hour-long highlight reel that makes it look like you won a world championship. And uh, social media can do that sometimes. And so it's awesome whenever you get to see the reel, you know, of somebody. And, you know, I, I value that. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. It's funny. We'll have to get that shared again somehow. <laughs> I hope so, because yeah. I've got to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because, you know, people, when they go on social media, they post their kids' awards. Now, granted, I do that, too, and they post their trips, and, you know, I do that, too, and they post their relationships. I don't do that because I don't have one, but – but I do post my relationship with my dog. I love when I'm on with my Sally, and – but you see mostly the good stuff, and you don't see – the work that went into the vacation, you don't see the lost luggage. You don't see every once in a while, somebody will post something that makes it, you know, really funny and real. But I encourage everybody to take this stuff with a grain of salt. It's like the Brady bunch of our generation is social media. Everything's solved in 30 minutes or less. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I also, I think, just call it what it is, right? I mean, social media, it's just like this whole conversation we're having today on technology. I mean, there's so many goods with it. You know, I mean, the other side of the fence would be, aren't we glad that everybody isn't posting all the bad things in their life? Because then it's like, you know, we run into people and say, hey, like your words are creating your world right here. Let's put a break on some of that (laughs) because you're, Mm. you know, you're, you're, you're becoming unfriendable. And, uh, it's not that we're trying to build some kind of friend base or anything, but you know, I mean, the truth is there, there is certainly a balance. I mean, my goodness. So I guess you take the goods with the bags. Yeah. What I was thinking more of is I, I wasn't, I was more thinking about the, like putting yourself up and judging yourself harshly because of a photograph. You know, when I see a couple of my friends' houses and they take a picture of them and their kids inside their house, I'm like, it's immaculate. And even though part of me knows that I would never shoot a picture with like dirty laundry on the couch or whatever, you know, most people wouldn't, but it's that fantasy. I guess I'm just saying don't buy into the fantasy of social media. And I don't think people realize how much of a fantasy it is. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and there again, it's the issue about picking your battles too. I mean, there are certain times that does it matter that the 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 towels went in crooked or that the if the if you've got a kid that's trying to help you with the laundry, does it matter that all of the face cloths got put on one side and the hand towels got put on another, uh, or or they got all mixed up? It doesn't matter. The fact is that you were together with a chore that got done, and the towels are just as clean and they're going to work just the same way. Mm. So I think it's 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 getting beyond. Uh, Uh, expectations that are not necessary and being able to appreciate what does happen, whether it be cooking with them or, or even communicating with them, or even to the point where, so you do see something on social media that was one of their friends, because as they get older, they're all going to be on and you can say, gee, you know, so-and-so was a little harsh with what she said. How do you feel about what she said on, on Facebook? And, you know, it, it can really, 
really open up some dialogue that's very valuable and very important. Well, and I think, Rob, what you were talking about, like about that process versus outcome, like I live by that now because when when I combine my household, you know, my 80 year old dad moves in and then I've got, you know, two really young children and I'm kind of a control freak, neat freak, OCD, you know, lovable little ball of of fluff. Um, But it was hard for me because my dad does things differently. And then the kids were doing things on their own way. And I really had to go process versus outcome, process versus outcome. (laughs) If the dishes go in the dishwasher and they're not lined up the way I breathe like hard, breathe hard. <laughs> I can go the, the process, which is how you do it is not as important as the fact that the dishes are getting done. So that's what process versus outcome. So all of you little OCD chicks like me who are like, it has to be done a certain way. No, it really doesn't, especially when you got to cut corners, cut costs, cut things because you're strapped and there's just you running the household. And the more time you spend redoing those towels is less time that you're spending with your kids. And that's what Zach is helping us do. Uh, Zach Vassar, we're so excited that you were with us. We we need to talk more with you. We need you to hold our hands a little bit more. I hope you can come back and talk to us more. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you guys and all y'all are doing. And this is a whole lot of fun. You know, at the end of the day, raising kids and all the things that we're all in this battle together with, it, it ought to be fun. Well, we're battle buddies. I mean, truly, battle buddies raising kids. Nobody said it was easy. And, you know, getting up every day and doing the best you can is enough. That's another one that I had to hold on to. And the other one I'd like to share before Rob closes the show is my mom always had this great statement. She'd always say, you know, Stan, it's not the mistakes we make. It's what we do after. It's what we do. How do we learn from them? So there you go, Rob. That's my advice for the week. (laughs) That's an awesome way to close the show. It's true. Uh, Everything that we do with our kids, uh, we just need to find that one one moment in a day that we look at those amazing young people and look at the marvelous things that they will uh, that they bring to our lives. Thanks so much, Zach Vassar. We're glad you were with us, and we do look forward to chatting with you again. And we look forward to seeing all of you again. We'll be back again on Military Mom Talk Radio. So do take care, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom 